1: Welcome to the No Guilt Mom Podcast. I am your host, Joanne Crone, joined here by my co-host, Brie Tucker. Wow, hello, hello, buddy. How are you? It's been it's been a week. I'm finally able to talk again. It's so nice. You you are you have those nice like up and downs in your voice and the cracks and everything too. So it, it comes, it comes with territory. Ah,
0: it's like puberty, the flu puberty. I, <laughs> the
1: puberty. I feel like everyone is pretty is getting over something these days. There's always something going around. I think guess it's just being around each other again after pandemic quarantine, but um, I, I think it is. Yeah, but in something in your voice, however, like you can't yell very well, can you? No, no I cannot. No. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what we're talking about today. We're talking about how to stop the yelling because it is an impulse and so many of us to just lose it and be like, what were you thinking? And (laughs) I, yeah, that's my go-to. Yeah. We, we both have plenty of opportunities to do that this week. So we will share that with you and how we kept our cool. Our, it's all about a thought process and all about like the time you're given. So uh, let's get on with the show. You want mom life to be easier. That's our goal too. Our mission is to raise more self-sufficient and independent kids, and we're going to have fun doing it. We're going to help you delegate and step back. Each episode, we'll tackle strategies for positive discipline, making our kids more responsible and making our lives better in the process. Welcome to the No Guilt Mom podcast. So keeping your cool. Not exploding is a really, really hard thing to do. Not only is it a hard thing to do,
0: but I think that almost everybody, we all feel guilty when it happens, like we did we did something wrong. And I'm not saying that we should be yelling at people all the time, but it's also somewhat a, a reaction that we all have it sometimes. We all lose our we goals sometimes. It. So you can't beat yourself up every time
1: yeah. and, like, I think it's all comes down to a habit. It's a habit right now if you find yourself yelling. Habits can be broken. Habits aren't a personal like indication of like who you are as a human being. It's just a little habit. And uh, it could be kind of stemmed through through how you think about it and your mindset. And before we got on today, Bree, you were saying like how how you and I and Miguel are different.
0: Yeah. So like it all started with I had an incident happen last night on the way home from um so like Thursdays in our household is like family night and we typically do like takeout and then do something fun as a family. And yesterday we had gone to get takeout. It was myself, Miguel, and my my stepson Hyann, was in the car and uh we had food for five people and I was driving and we were driving to pick up my daughter from a friend's house. It's dark, not entirely familiar with my area. Somebody slams on their brakes in front of me. And so I slam on my brakes and I hear like just sodas everywhere. Like you can literally hear the cups crashing and like the ice flying. And I hear my stepson go, oh, should have held on to those. And I'm like in the car. So like it's just funny because first of all, I'm very particular about my car. Don't like my car being dirty, and, and I think that comes from years of having toddlers. Right? Like they're now yep. teens, so I like my car being clean. But I'm sitting there, and I told Joanne like I was saved by the darkness and the fact that I was in the car because I just squeezed that steering wheel super tight. I was so upset, and I wanted to be like, "What are you doing?" But I didn't. I was able to breathe and calm down. And after like about five minutes, I was totally fine. So like by the time we got home, we were laughing about it. But that wouldn't have been my normal reaction because, like you just said, you, Joanne, and my husband have this very calm, zen presence. And when things go wrong, you both, I have, been around the two of you, you both tend to be like, oh, it happens. And then you move on. You don't raise your voice. You don't snap. But for me, I'm a snapper. I might, yeah, I'm like
1: a little firecracker. I just go, what happened? So- I was like I was thinking about that and I don't believe it's anything innate within within me or you. Like I don't think it's like a hereditary or a genetic thing like you're a yeller, you're not a yeller. And I was trying to think back and I'm like why am why am I not a yeller? People people yeah. label themselves as like a yeller and not, and that doesn't and that really isn't true
0: like you're saying. It's not really that.
1: It's not really that. I think it's I just think how so. you perceive the situation and what goes down because yeah. I, I grew up reading the Babysitter Club books. Did you ever grow up reading that?
0: Yes. I had the, yeah. and I also did the like Babysitter Club Little Sister series. I like that one too. Oh, really? Oh, I never yeah.
1: got into those. I got into the super <sighs> special books where it was like somebody from each p- point of view. Did you read those where they went on no. a cruise? And, and you're like, please, could I get a babysitting job where they take me on a cruise? That would oh, be, like, I know, awesome. right?
0: Yeah, that doesn't happen. Yeah,
1: all the things. But in Babysitter's Club, like one of the things they said is like they're like, oh, babysitters like play with the kids. Kids. They don't just like watch TV, and they like they have activities for them. And so I've always gone into working with kids is to be very interactive. And then I think what also um, got me is that first of all, I, I my parents yelled. My dad lost his cool all the time, mostly against my little sister. Like he, he, she would get them so riled up, and she still does, Jamie. But <laughs> <laughs> I love her to pieces. She knows it too. She kind of does it sometimes, pushes it in Oh my down. gosh. But um, she's so riled up and there would be a lot of yelling in my house. A lot, a lot, a lot. And so I became a camp counselor and as camp counselor, you get training. Um, mm-hmm. You get like a week of pre-camp or whatever. And the person who ran it, her name is Judy, but she went by the name of Big Bird. And Big Bird was very
0: Okay, you cannot have a straight face when you're talking about Big Bird. And Big, Big Bur- Bird told me. <laughs> Big Bird told me. Yeah. That that is a phrase bird. I never thought I would hear from you, Joanne. I never thought the words and Big Bird would tell me.
2: I don't, I don't bird.
1: Think that- she we we called her bird. We were like, bird. Um she was just so great with the With planning out this way, like we had a very calm camp. It wasn't about yelling at the kids. I mean, if the kids were standing on the side of the mountain and doing something that might lightly get them hurt, it would be like, Hey, like you're allowed to yell then. There is no cliff diving off the side of the mountain. Do you hear me? But for like littler things, say they were just like not listening or, you know, doing stuff kids do, we had a lot of strategies that we could fall back on. So yelling wasn't the first first strategy to use and yelling was extremely discouraged because it was all about, you know keeping your cool being the calm one, um, making this a really loving, happy environment, which I think is one of the benefits of camp. You have this loving, happy environment. And so I that's how I was introduced to working with kids. And then through the years and through things with my sister, I think I've just seen things go horribly wrong and like so most stuff doesn't bother me. For instance, there was, I heard your drink story. And immediately I thought of the time where my dad and my sister were yelling at each other in the car. And my mom and I had gotten out and it was, I can't even remember what it was about, but we had just gone to Starbucks. I think my sister was like 13, maybe. Um, But my mom and I were opening the door to our house and we heard this yelling in the van. And then all of a sudden... My sister had a vanilla cream frappuccino. A vanilla cream frappuccino explodes over the front window of the car. Stay with us. We'll be right back.
0: Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. Hey guys, Bree here, and let me tell you, April is a killer time of the year for me because it is crazy allergy season. I swear, everything that is in bloom looks fantastic and beautiful, but it makes it so I can't breathe. I am literally coughing, sneezing, rubbing my nose. I look like Rudolph half of the spring. It's terrible. But luckily for those of us who live with symptoms of allergies like I do, we live and Clear with Claritin D., designed for serious allergy sufferers claritin d has two powerful ingredients and just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms
1: in your podcast app. That's Understood Explains. Or just click on the link in our show notes. Like she had gotten no. so mad. That she threw she it? She threw her vanilla cream frappuccino oh, in the car. Snap! And, <laughs> and my mom and I were like, <gasps> <gasps> like, We were like, get in the house, get in the house, lock the door, lock the door, lock the door. I don't want so to do that I I, next. And, she would, and, I think, and I think my sister was like, oh my gosh, I'm sorry. <laughs> She like immediately went in the house too and she she had to go and clean it up and everything like that. But that is what I thought about when your drink story happened because I'm like, well, it wasn't a vanilla cream frappuccino all over the front window of the car. Oh. So we're good. It's all good. We're okay
0: here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it was – it was – yeah, yeah. It was funny though because like – so – and I think all of us have that story, right? Like especially about things being spilt in the car because as soon as yeah. my daughter got in the car and like – I, she's like, "Oh, uh, why is my seat wet?" And I'm like, "Oh, we spilled some drinks." There's a towel. Ta- I always carry towels in the car. That's I still have that from when I had toddlers. There's always towels in the car. But I'm like, "Grab a towel at the back." And she gets in and she starts going like, "Oh, remember that time I spilled my ocean water in the back seat? Oh, you lost it, mom." And she's like telling the story about like when she was like five and spilled a drink in the back seat and how I completely lost my cool and. They always have such
1: memories of yeah, that. Yeah, and, and I'm like, like, my kids. that sucks. My kids come back to it and she's like, mom, remember when you did this? And I'm like, no, I didn't do that. Sometimes I do feel like I'm being gaslit by my kids, honestly, when it comes to that, because I'm like, you're making me doubt my own reality here. And I don't think that happened. I don't all. remember. I will tell you, I do not remember that,
0: but uh, it sounded like me. So I was like, uh, so- I just sat there for a moment and like as she's talking, still driving home in the dark. And I just was like, yeah, I'm sorry about that. And she's like, mm-hmm. whatever. And it, it's just, it's it's interesting. Like we all it's have those moments where those things happen and they push our buttons. Some of yeah. us tend to do it more than others. And you know what? I think if you're in a household where it tends to be, and it's funny because you will be the exception to this analogy. But I think if you're in the household where you have to speak loudly to be heard mm. or um, where that's just like a normal conversation in the family to have raised voices, I think you might be more apt to go in that direction Mm -hmm. quicker than others. Again, like you're the, it sounds like you're the exception on this, but I think that a lot of people do tend to kind of just go with what they heard growing up. And so that's why it continues that way. And that's the interesting part in my family too, because I have a blended family, obviously, and my kids are used to me like raising my voice or snapping when I get upset they also know that within about 30 seconds, there's going to be a, I'm really sorry, like if that happens. Like I, I don't yell all the time, but when I do yell, there tends to be like a repair afterwards. But my my husband is not like that at all. So my stepson, like if he hears my voice raise, like he at 22, he physically takes a step back because he's mm-hmm. not used
1: to hearing that. And um, yeah,
0: I think it's just kind of- Yeah, I'm not that'd sure be my kids too.
1: I ask at a louder voice. I'm like, hey, can you do the dishes? Mom, you don't have to yell at me. I'm like, I'm not yelling. I'm not yelling. <laughs> I just had to get over the YouTube. YouTube was I just had loud. To get, Yeah. I'm yeah. not yelling. I may, I may be a little more urgent, but this isn't a yell. But you bring up an interesting point. Like, I just – I don't know where – where the yelling comes from because I, I want to bottle it. I want to bottle it and, like, give it to as many people as possible because, like, yelling brings a lot of stress, I think, to to the yeller. It does. Because you feel horrible about it if you've lost it. Yeah. Um, and – it was And
0: normally when you're in that moment, right, you feel like mm-hmm. – you're just not even yeah. horrible about it. Like, you feel like crap in that moment because you're that angry that you're yelling.
1: Yeah. And I mean, I've experienced that anger for sure. I have like been so insanely frustrated, like just last week where I went into the kitchen and I gripped the counter and I'm just like, "Ah!" like, but it wasn't about my kids. I mean, it wasn't to my kids and I don't think they could hear me. It was in a spot where I could just release it. And I know, I knew I needed to release it. And when I, was in that state. I'm like, Oh geez. Okay. This is telling me I am at my limit. I'm at my limit. And that is why I'm losing it because one of the big things that you pay attention to when you're trying to break the habit of yelling is just, it's about what comes before the yell. It's about what you have basically had to deal with before that causes you to be at that point. Because, I mean, with the car last night, I mean, you didn't yell. Did you have big stressors
0: that yeah. day before? Well, no. I could definitely tell you the stressors that were happening there. Like, I was driving. I didn't know where I was going. Um, mm-hmm. And the the car slamming on the brakes in front of me scared me. And um, mm-hmm. I just, like, I had – I was already at a very heightened spot right there where, like, my anxiety was all really, really high. So mm-hmm. – and, and that's just right there. That's not talking about like the rest of the day. Yeah. Honestly, I don't know about the rest of the day. I know I felt like crap because I'm still getting over the flu, but I know that those exact moments led up to the reaction that I had. Like that's why I wanted to yell because I was already anxious. It was that – like think of it like a, a teapot like where I was already boiling and that steam had to come out and yeah. that's where it would but have come I- out.
1: I'm wondering though, because you were able to keep it together in that moment, like you were able to calm down. So I'm wondering like hypothesizing here, armchair Uh experting, if because you are getting over the flu that maybe your day went a little bit slower than normal and like you – even though you were at that heightened state of anxiety, you actually still had stuff left in your tank to keep it under control. Oh, yeah, you're you're right. it was less stress.
0: Yes, I did not. You are 100% right. I can agree with that, that I didn't have a crazy stressful day that would have caused me to uncontrollably snap. Mm -hmm. I was able to yell in my head, but not in real life.
1: Yeah. And I think that's it. I think it's like really paying attention to what state you're in. And trying to manage that versus trying to stop yelling in the moment because there's no way you can stop yelling in the moment if you don't have anything left. Like Dr. Mona Badalahook calls it the body budget. Like if you or your body budget is over budget, like there's no way you can stop the reaction. There's no way you can stop the yelling. I I was experiencing that actually this past weekend. We went down to Tucson to visit uh, my sister and my nephew. And my nephew's three and he has so much energy, so much energy. He is like r- – like, And it's like the energy where you're trying to keep him from seriously hurting himself, Bree. Like he will climb up on kitchen counters and like uh, chairs and he'll be like rocking back and forth in the chair when he's trying to grab something else. So you're here trying to like get out dinner and he's rocking back and forth. And then all of a sudden like the chair tips backwards and you have to jut out and grab him so he doesn't th- – fell down and hit his head oh my and gosh. um and that combined with like him coming just like just on you <laughs> like i was just eating dinner and like he comes and i'm in the corner in my parents kitchen and you have to like push in chairs to get to that corner and so like you're trapped in that corner yeah here comes under the chair, my three-year-old nephew popping up. And I'm like, hi. (laughs) And he's like, hi. And he comes up and sits on my lap. And then he gets like all of the, like with his hands, his messy hands, and he gets stuff all over me. And like, it was so much sensory input to me that I am not adjusted to anymore. That I was, I, I felt the like sensations. I'm like, I can't handle much more. Of this without snapping, like I can't handle it. So, like, if you're right here, if you have a toddler, if you have a young child, and you're giving yourself shame for yelling, there's a reason for the yelling, and I'm totally with you there. And of course, of course, you're losing your cool, especially if you have a very very active youngster.
0: Well, and of course, you're losing your cool too. If it's if it if you're being put in an environment that you're not used to anymore, that's the other thing too. Like it's it's hard. Well, it's harder and it isn't harder. Like, I think sometimes I have more patience. Like, when I would go and work in the classroom, the preschool classroom, I had so much patience. Oh, yeah, me too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because I wasn't in that environment all the time. But you're right. Like, if I was at home and I had, like, a kid crawling all over me, I'd probably be like, no.
1: Oh, my gosh. And he had this toy called Hammy. It's Hammy the hamster. And what Hammy the hamster does is imitates everything you say but at a higher pitch. And so Those are cute so in the store like, but not in real life. He was like, "Hi, hi Hammy." And Hammy would go, "Hi, Hammy." And then he'd go, "Ah!" And Hammy would go, ah! "Oh like, my god! I'd be like, I'm done." I took it. I took Hammy the hamster and I'm like, "Hammy's going to go in the other room. Hammy needs to take a nap." okay, I'm going to take Hammy to take a nap. And he's like, no, where's Hammy going? And I run into the other room and I put Hammy on top of the refrigerator and I come back to my three-year-old nephew. And I'm like, Hammy's sleeping right now. He's going and taking a nap. Let's go do something else. Oh my gosh. Because <laughs> I, could, I couldn't take it. My sensory overload was too much. I just had to, to make something in that moment. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Being aware of everything you're feeling before the yelling incident is actually the key to stopping the yelling, is to knowing when you're at that point and finding some way to remove yourself from the situation so that you can calm down.
0: 100%. Like, And so those are those moments where it's okay to be like, excuse me, or to just stand there and be quiet and your kids are like trying to get your attention be like, nope, mm-mm, mm-mm, nope, mm mm-mm. mm-mm. mm-mm one more minute, one more minute. Like just take that time you need to, to do what you need to, to get, like you said, your body budget back to normal.
1: Yeah. Normal level. And it's, if you have a parenting partner, like talk, talk with them about being able to tap out because (laughs) that is something that I have with my husband. Like he taps, he doesn't talk to me about tapping out. That's something he needs to work on. He just puts his (laughs) headphones on and that's when I know he's off. He's like, he's he's on, he's in his budget. And so like I try when he puts his headphones on and he goes to the other room, I try to keep every kid away from him because that's his sign that okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna blow. With me, I go to him and I'm like, I need to tap out and yeah. I need you to take this. And he's like, Okay. <laughs> he goes,
0: That's me too. Like I will come over yeah. and just be like, I can't, and he'll be like, I'm on it. I got I'm it. on it. Yeah. Exactly.
1: Yeah. So being able to to do that. That's a huge one. Yeah. Yeah. So it comes from before and, and you need to be given time to calm down. Mm-hmm. But if it does happen, there's one thing you can do and that's repair.
0: Yeah. And everybody can repair. That's the huge thing. So this episode is not only about what do you do to stop the yelling, but what do you do once the yelling happens? Because it happens. It's going to happen. And I think repairing is the best thing that we possibly can do because repairing shows our kids that we are human. We make mistakes and that we're okay with those mistakes and that mm-hmm. you can make mistakes and that you can, re- you know, make amends after those mistakes. I like to say repair better than amends because most of the time when you yell at somebody, there's been some fracture to the relationship at that exact moment, a startle, mm-hmm. a cry, a hurt feeling, something like that. And just saying, like, I'm really sorry. I didn't mean to lose my temper. And then, like, also talking through what I could have done. I could have breathed. I could have told you that I was upset beforehand. Mm -hmm.
1: That's, like, one of the most important – one of the least used ones is to say when you repair something, it's, I'm sorry, I should have told you I was upset. Or I'm sorry, I should have told you this sooner. Because a lot of times people can prevent – things from happening. If they know you're at an agitated state, sometimes yeah. I go to my kids and I'm like, Hey, I, I had a really, really stressful day. If you could just help me out and be really kind to me, I would really appreciate it. And they're like, Whoa, okay. Okay. And they like take care of you that way. And when yeah. you repair being able to say that to them, I should have told you this because I, I could have relied on you for help.
0: Right. I mean, cause wouldn't you love that if your kids had that communication skill back to you? I mean, I'm thinking about all the times when my kid was like school age, like elementary school age, how helpful it would have been to be like, I had a really hard day in school today, and I just really need a snack. I really need a hug instead of us mm-hmm. having to try to guess what was going on when they were having meltdowns. Mm-hmm. Or as a teenager, when they just growl at me, you know, and I'm like, ah, oh, what happened? <laughs> I'm kidding. They growl, growl at me. They growl at me all, all the time. time. <laughs> There's no particular reason. I exist.
1: Nah, I'm kidding. <laughs> sort of. Uh, I I get, I get it with the teenager. Sometimes it's, well, I don't say sometimes, but it's always due to something else. Like, yeah, if you have a teenager and they're like being like snippy with you, it's probably not you. It is probably something else that went on in their day. Um,
0: or just those lovely hormones.
1: (laughs) Yeah. You asking them a question at that moment has just put them over the edge. Their body budget is over the edge. Yeah. Um, and like knowing all this about yourself actually helps you be a little bit more compassionate to kids as well yeah. because a lot of times like people come to us and they're like, okay, well, how, how do we stop the tantrums? How do we stop our kids from yelling? And a lot of it is kids don't have as uh, matured nervous systems as we as adults have. Right. There is a lot that gets to them. And a lot that they have no control over, especially if um, your child has a neurodiversity, um, such as autism or ADHD. like or just sensory, can, processing along or lines. sensory processing, anything yeah. on the Or sensory processing, anything. It's like me being followed by Hammy the hamster for like all day, and then I would blow up. Like, I would definitely blow up. Kids, they could have like an interaction with their friends at school. They could not be dealing with like a sweater that's too scratchy on their skin the entire day. And their nervous system is just done and their tantrum just comes out. And at that moment, it's more about knowing that they're dealing with a lot than actually stopping the tantrum. Because I think a parent state. We hear a tantrum where we're like, oh my gosh, my kid is gonna be unsuccessful long term. They're gonna have these, they're not gonna be able to deal with life, you know. You know our typical yeah. refrain, right? Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. Exactly. Like my in a kids. van down by the river. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And no friends, nothing, because they 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 blow up too often. But really yeah. so we, it's an immature skill.
1: It's an immature skill. And yeah. thinking in that moment instead of how to stop that, if you switch it to, wow, they're going through a lot right now. Yeah it's going to calm you down it's going to calm your reaction down and you're going to be able to think about next steps clearer rather than yelling back
0: you know another thing that i think is amazing about this is that when you do do this and you talk to your kids and you say things like even from the <clears throat> i'm really sorry i didn't mean to yell or saying right out the bat hey it's been a rough day i'm i'm kind of i'm kind of raw if you could just be kind with me and gentle with me for the next couple of hours, that'd be great. Imagine the gift that that gives your kids because then they're going to start hearing those things and seeing those things and they're going to be like, okay, I'm going to be thoughtful about that with other people. And then as they go through in life, they see somebody that's kind of like seems grumpy. They'll be like, oh, I wonder if they're having a bad day. I'm going to be kind with them. I'm going to give them because they're going to be more aware of those things. And what a phenomenal gift is that? That's a huge gift. I would love for my kids to learn That skill of being more empathetic and being more thoughtful of others and positive communication styles and positive emotional regulation. So it also
1: gives them a gift of knowing that it's not their fault. Like, I mean, how many times have you been around Mm -hmm. somebody and you notice they're irritable and you're like, oh my gosh, they must hate me?
0: Yeah. But But it's you're mad because you're like, I didn't do anything. Why are they being so mean to me? And then you're like,
1: oh, wait, yeah, you
0: didn't do anything. They just had a crappy day and didn't sleep last night. And that's why they're cranky.
1: But yeah. Yeah. To have that be the first thing that goes through your mind versus thinking that it's all your fault and you're a horrible person and nobody likes you. I mean, I would love to give my kids Mm -hmm. like that gift of confidence because the confidence also breeds the empathy for others. Like they go hand in hand. It does. So you're giving them a gift when you tell them you're raw and you need some kindness and gentleness. You don't have to power through it. It's actually better to talk about it versus pretending nothing is wrong.
0: Gosh. Okay. I'm feeling very uplifted after this episode. I hope you guys are too. Uplifted. (laughs) I'm feeling my heart is feeling much softer right now. So –
1: it's it that's what happens like you you become like oh they're really going through something yeah. hard and your whole demeanor changes versus like feeling like you have to fight it the entire time Exactly. It's a release. Exactly. So don't yeah. don't beat yourself up people. You've got this. You've got this. No. And if if you feel like you're a yeller, know that it is not ingrained in you. It is just a habit uh, that you some tips from this episode to help you be more mindful of it. And uh, we're always here for you. I mean, if you want a community who has your back, our balance program cannot be beat. It's where... Bree and I coach you through parenting, through life skills. We make sure that you have something exciting that you're working towards in addition to having this close and connected relationship with your kids, and you deserve something like this. You deserve it. You deserve to spend time and money on yourself so that you could feel well, good and you have and control. And like we just
0: said, like not that investing in yourself and giving yourself that grace only Further, like enriches everybody else around you. Mm -hmm. It only further enriches your children, your friends, like everybody who interacts with you. So, like we, like we've said, like you are worth it. Like I I forget which episode we had it in, but like you are worth the two dollars shrimp upgrade. You are worth it, man. Yes,
1: you are worth it. So, uh, we put a link to our balance membership in the show notes. So go check that out. And until next time, remember the best mom's a happy mom. Take care of you. We'll talk to you later. Thanks for stopping by.
2: I'm Margaret. And I'm Amy. And together we host the podcast, What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood.